Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Dunks and Discourse. Jabari Davis and I are very, very excited to get this one going. We are going to do our Christopher Nolan movie rankings. Uh, thank you to all of you who came and filled that form out for us. It was up on our Twitters, at Jabari Davis NBA, at Josh Eberly the last few days. Um, a really, really big response. A lot of Nolan fans out there. So, uh, maybe not surprisingly, a lot more Nolan fans than Wes Anderson fans, Jabari. Yeah, and and I wondered how this was going to go. Like, you know, when we got the results from the Wes Anderson, you know, uh, doc, uh, I wondered. I was like, is it going to get any better? Is it just some? You know, are we just the only nerds that really care about you know, you know, taking deep dives into directors? You know, you're exactly right. We, there there was a a total outcry, you know, total, you know, total you know, you know, pouring of love on the on the timeline, whether it was on the doc or just you know, on on our direct timelines. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's been really nice this week. Um, nice pick-me-up, getting a lot of like really positive comments about enjoying the list and, and the pod so far, and we really appreciate that. And if you feel that way, please do like, rate, review, subscribe, uh, so we can keep growing the podcast and keep doing these, these fun things. Um, Jabari, you know, a couple notes before we get there. You know, I, I just want to start off, and I, I, I want to just kind of give condolences to the family of, of George Floyd, um, to the community. Uh, of black Americans who, who are living through this and uh, through everybody affected. And I got to say in Canada, you know, I'm lucky that that's not a reality. I'm not going to go through the details, but just doing some research beforehand. It, it, it is really overwhelming on social media and just to see, you know, the place that your country is still in. And, and I'm, I'm sorry for you and I'm sorry for everybody going through it. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that we can necessarily do it justice, you know, like in this conversation. But I, you know, I definitely appreciate you addressing it. Uh, I, it it's one of those things where you, you kind of run out of adjectives, you know, or you 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 run out of ways to describe how you feel as a result. Whether it's defeated, uh, deflated, you know, disappointed, um, you know, disheartened, all all the D's. No, but you know, really, uh, it, it, I, I I wish that I could properly explain how it feels you know general basis uh you know i'm 40 you know, i'm 40 years old going on 41 i'm turning 41 this weekend as a matter of fact um you know I've, so obviously i've lived in you know <laughs> i've lived in america for you know, my entire life you know i've done some traveling and you around the world i've been fortunate enough to do that uh so you know so I, I i did get a taste of you know kind of what you know life is like and what you know the interactions are like and what you know just you know you know just living in general is like you know, outside of here so uh, it, it, again, it was it was a blessing to be able to do that and and gain that perspective, you know, like all throughout my life. Uh, I'm I'm one of those people that's like I'm I'm not one of those folks that says like oh I'm you know, I'm not proud to be an American. I'm I'm grateful for the opportunities that I was granted all throughout life. But I will state, uh, not everything that you know every not everything that shines is gold. 
You know what I'm saying? You know, they're, 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 as you can see, at, you know, as we talked about before the show, uh, there are obviously still a, you know, a great deal of things that we're dealing with in this country. Um, I'm not one of those pie in the sky folks that's going to, you know, that says like, oh, all we have to do is just, you know, like smile about it, you know, not think about it, pray about it, whatever the case may be. I don't think that's going, <laughs> I don't think that, you know, is effective. Uh, but if that's, you know, if that's how folks are getting through these times, especially with a global pandemic still going on, I, I do understand. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's well said. And uh, I just, you know what, part of the reason we're on this with Blue Wire and we're doing Dunks and Discourse is we wanted a platform to talk about what we wanted to talk about when we wanted to talk about and talk about it. And I just think this is something that we're both, you know, engaged with, obviously uh, not to the same extent, but just it's happening in the world. And I wanted to give it a minute um, because, you know, what are we doing if we just scroll past moments like that at this point in time? Um, yeah. But with that, with that said, with a little bit um, le- less dark news, mm-hmm. um, ESPN posted the numbers for the Lance Armstrong documentary. And I got to ask you, did you know that they started a Lance Armstrong documentary? You know, I, I heard about it in the you know probably the week leading into it, and the overwhelming thought that I thought was, damn, that really sucks because the Jordan doc jumped the line. Uh, obviously, the Lance one was you know was set to release, and uh, you know. I understand why they did it, and I was grateful, you know, you know, for them doing it. But if I'm, you know, if I'm the filmmaker that that yeah, that put together the Lance doc, and you know, Lance in general, not that I care about his feelings, but Lance in general, I would be, I would have been furious. Well, you know what? Like, do people care about cycling like they care about basketball? I don't know. Not but, remotely. But here's the thing, man. Like, say whatever you want, and people were. Someone said to me, like, Mina Kimes did a great interview for it or something. Like, cool, power to her. Mm-hmm. Where was the marketing? You know, yeah. where, where was ESPN shoving this that Like, where are the 97 docs and memes and clips pushed across all of their platforms that they wanted us to watch? Because I probably would have watched. I didn't know it was a thing. There's, mm-hmm. the, there's like, the clip of him saying, like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, or whatever, mm-hmm. bouncing around the internet. And I guess that came from the doc, but I didn't even know where that came from when that was coming up. So this doc, they had obviously big hopes for, uh, drew less than a million viewers to part mm-hmm. one. Do you know what Last Dance averaged? Probably, I would I would guess between five and ten at the at a minimum. Yeah, they averaged five point six million mm-hmm. per episode over the over the ten episodes, and uh, on the rewatch, uh, they got one point five six and one point five four. So they got so, more on the rewatch. <laughs> yes, they got they almost doubled Lance on the rewatch, and. Jesus. It, it's. It, I'm not trying to dunk on Lance. I think this is more on ESPN's. You know, not doing a good job of promoting the product here. But um, I saw that. No, 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 but laugh. Yeah, when it comes, you know, when it comes to Lance, like I said, I don't think anybody's going to shed any, you know, shed any tears for him. Um, you know, I appreciate what he went through physically. Uh, obviously, I saw it. You know, I saw it live. Um, so I, you know, and and while I appreciate you know these guys are tremendous athletes, I've never really been into cycling. You know, as a kid, I think you know, of course, it was like I think it was Greg LeMond, uh, you know, and, and it was like always oh, the first American. If I'm not, and I hope I'm getting the right guy right. <laughs> I'm hoping getting the the guy right. He was like the first American to win the Tour de France like ever, or like in an you know, extended period of time. But then after that, you know, I think it was about 15 years later or so that you know Lance kind of you know rose to fame and popularity. Uh, but outside of, you know, just, you know, kind of remembering, I don't necessarily know that even with marketing, I would have been all over this one. But I agree with you. They did not do a good job of marketing this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have simply because there's nothing else. But um, That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Okay, so we'll spend a couple minutes here on the NBA before we get to movies today, and that will be the majority of the podcast. Um, I know that we want to talk uncut gems too because we <laughs> have some different opinions than the the general NBA stratosphere. But um, before we do that, you know, we, we we kind of got some news that at the meeting on Friday, there's no guarantee that um, that you know an agreement is going to be reached, that a date's going to be set. Then Woj, you know, following that news broke that like families might be allowed in this bubble situation. And it really feels like they're sort of dragging their feet um, a little bit right now, at least to me. How do you feel? Yeah, it, it does feel that way. You know, when they you know, when the rumors first came out, I thought, okay, there's no way they allow these rumors to be released if they don't have a set plan. Now, obviously, there's moving parts, and obviously, you know, there are probably still you know certain you know, little thing aspects of it to negotiate. Uh, but at the very least, what you know, what this did was it told me it told us all to pump our bricks. Um, do I think they're coming back? Yes. Uh, obviously, this is not an easy you know this is not an easy task to even you know, even consider. Uh, you have you know you have so many different things that could go wrong. So many different things that you have to you know like account for. Uh, you know backup plans and things of that nature to have things you know set up and ready to go. Uh, I just think that this is you know the the dragging of the feet is probably that you know all of the last minute stuff because it obviously both sides are interested in principle. Uh, usually when you see these things you know you know sort of drag out and uh, you know it, it sounds like it's going to take place and it doesn't necessarily sound like it take place. I, I I would imagine that's the small details or the smaller details being worked out behind the scenes. Yeah, I I mean I'm just I'm starting to worry that without something concrete and players still, you know, pushing back and, and you know like without without a set and I'm trying to remember who who wrote the piece talking about how David Stern was a bit hard handed. Uh, he would have steered the ship. This is what we're doing, mm-hmm. and is and for all of the greatness that comes with Adam Silver's like progressive nature and like open dialogue with the players and all. You know they're kind of missing that like we need a plan and this is the plan aspect right now and I'm I'm starting to feel that as you know we're getting told that it's not just going to start in the summer it's going to be mid July oh no it's going to be late July and the draft's going to be at the end of September maybe if they get things going it, it's just they're pushing it pretty far at this point and if you want to start the next season at Christmas I, I'm starting to worry that that is getting close so hopefully they figure things out in the next week here and we have a set deadline and and. Uh, a better picture of what's actually going to happen because I'm the the leaks and the ninety seven situations. I'm not really interested in discussing anymore. I just want the reality. Pretty much, exactly. Like, there's not much to continue to discuss about. It's like, look, either it's going to happen or it's not. I didn't see someone that wrote something. You know, wrote an actual piece on it, but I did note uh, Ben Thompson, the you know, No Tech Ben on Twitter. He specifically said the NBA could really use David Stern right now. No, just make a decision, and that's that. Um, and I, you know, of course that you know that's a good soundbite. That that's good for Twitter. I don't necessarily think this is a matter of you know Adam Silver like wavering. I I would imagine of all people he would you know he he'd want to make a you know just a firm decision. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, in in terms of like what what's going on in NBA Twitter the last few days, there there wasn't a ton. Um, I am going to mention just one thing quickly. Did you happen to see the uh, draft guide? Or a draft diary that Bill Simmons wrote in 2003 get bumped and some of this course on that. Oh boy, I didn't. But I'm always interested in, in in going back and looking at you know some of that analysis. I have a hard time with this because like as a kid, Bill Simmons was like 
one of my actual heroes. Like I like as mm-hmm. much as like Dirk was my favorite player, mm-hmm. I knew I was never going to be seven feet and shoot the ball like I was a you know deity. I just, <laughs> that wasn't in in the realm. But thinking of like really cool things to talk about regarded to sports and like having fun while doing it and you know being a little less stiff in the media landscape. Like I really really did admire Bill coming up. And it's crazy that every time I go back and look at something that he wrote 10, 15 years ago or something gets bumped, I cringe because Mm -hmm. even the book of basketball, which I read, I want to say at like 13 Mm -hmm. or 14, um, on the second read through, there's quite a few moments where you wonder. But uh, yeah, there's one moment and there's a few moments in this that were highlighted for being... You could not say that today. And there were a few that were um, still funny, but, you know, they just wouldn't play. Mm -hmm. But then there was uh, this situation with LeBron's mom. And and I'll read it here. Um, Okay. Quote, so 436, he's noted at the time of the draft. He says, quote from Mike Tirico. There LeBron is with his mom, Gloria. Gloria sacrificed a lot. Gave birth to LeBron when she was 16, dot, dot, dot. On their own at 19. Living on assistance, food stamps, and now here they are, dot, dot, dot. It's a great American story. Yes, it is a great American story that LeBron with a single mother coming from poverty made mm-hmm. it to where he is. Absol- like, how is that not? Bill's thought on that quote from Mike Tirico that he has in parentheses here. What about parents who stayed together, worked oh, hard, provided Christ. for their children, and put them through school? Since when did not practicing birth control and lucking out because of DNA become a sacrifice? I'm confused. Let's just move on. I could not imagine if if Kevin O'Connor or I don't even know uh, Zach Harper or Nate Duncan or somebody wrote that on the Athletic or the Ringer today about let's say Zion going into this draft, there would be people that the pitchforks would like they would want their job. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I, I, I my jaw dropped reading it. I can't like he's got moments where he crosses the line, but I was like, oh my goodness. So I'm going to be upfront. I was never a Bill Simmons fan, um, and this is not obviously you know me. I'm I'm not going to you know say this after the fact simply you know simply because it's on the you know it's on the other side of history with things. I actually did not like his style back then. Uh, I, I, I heard and saw, uh, you know, little miniature signs of dog whistling stuff, you know, like along the way. And I recognize this is not, and this is not at all where we were going to go with this, but I, I'll just state, I'll just state it. It, anytime you see me have really strong reactions about some of those old school, old school cats, and I'm not going to bring up the other one's name, you know, but from a few, you know, a couple weeks back, uh, it's because of stuff like that. It's because, uh, Either they've said or done a lot of things, you know, like that, that I didn't necessarily, you know, uh, uh, vibe with. Um, with him, do I think he's like some guy that's wearing a hood, you know, like as he's typing things? No, <laughs> but but I genuinely, but I do genuinely believe he comes from a place of privilege and, and from from a mindset that I don't necessarily love. Uh, and it, it's stuff like that, it, you know. When I when I hear clip, you know, when I hear clips like that, and when I see it, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that kind of affirms what I the vibe that I that I did kind of feel like you know was underneath. So it is what it is. Like I said, I don't think he's a, you know a, you know a clan member or anything of that nature. But like I said, I, I I don't vibe with everything that you know with with his mindset on things. Yeah, it's been like the don't meet your heroes thing. It's not like mm-hmm. Bill and I have ever sat down for coffee, but really the last eight years of like. 
being in this world and reading so much back, you know, a second time or, or searching things and, and, and hearing from people who were older than I was and who feel different about it. It's, it's unfortunate because uh, I did think I did think very highly of him coming up. Also, a lot of the analysis was horseshit, but you know that's that's neither here nor there either. Yeah, but a lot of my analysis is horseshit. And I know <laughs> mine too. And anybody that listens to this show over the last three four weeks, they would know that. But I'm calling it, it out because I'm not I'm not seen as a, as as a brilliant individual. I'm just seen as a guy that's funny, a little bit funny on a podcast. But like he's got to be one of the top five guys. If your pants are down and there's eight seconds left and he can't pass through the trap, that's going to get you a bucket. <laughs> Makes more sense than the eye test, though. So I, I, I digged it. I digged it. And and he did have his his reasoning. The Book of Basketball, the first watch, I loved reading. But, mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely some very, like, second-takey moments where you're like, I didn't notice this the first time. Um, well, bef- also, just to be clear, and, and this is not just, you know, deflecting, it were different times. Like, even as recently as 2010, different time altogether with what was you know socially acceptable with the things that we were expected to just kind of look past with the things that were you know taken as oh huh, that's just tongue-in-cheek that's just bill being like th- those types of things were socially acceptable 15 years ago even yeah. if, even if they shouldn't have been i always laugh at those statements too though like what happened to like the family that stayed together and raised a great kid like nothing they're not under attack there's a nice story every draft about how a dad and a mom were really important he all like, he all he all families mattered yeah. he one million percent all families mattered in that situation when Tariko was was simply given props yeah <laughs> like nothing like nothing happened like what happened to them? nothing happened to them, man like they're fine yeah, it's they don't need good. you for them um, my house like, is on fire you don't need to ask me what about yours three blocks away but okay I uh, we got up early because last night I went to during our recording time. Jabari and Varun, shouts to Varun, our producer, okay. um, for accommodating me. Wanted to let me go shoot one ten last night, so really glad mm. we woke up really early to record this morning so I could shoot one ten. But uh, lady <laughs> listeners of Dunks and Discourse, uh, right out of the shower, bringing you this first thing in the morning. So you know if that improves your day at all. Woo! Here we are. Um, before we get to Christopher Nolan, really quickly, because I know that we're on a, a bit of a time crunch, Uncut Gems, you finally just watched it. Um, I, did, I did not like this movie. Um, it was Parasite and Uncut Gems were far and away the two movies that were the most hyped last year. Mm-hmm. Parasite matched the expectations in every single way for me. Uncut Gems, I came away just like completely dumbfounded by why people liked it so much. So... Uh, what are your thoughts on Uncut Gems? Look, I, I recognize a lot of folks enjoyed it. Uh, there's no other way to say this. At best, it was mid. Um, you know, I, I as usual, you know, like I, I'm never mad at folks for what they like, you know, unless it involves, you know, the shitty DC movies, of course. Uh, it just didn't do it for me. Like, I get why folks, you know, oh, man, Adam Sandler, you know, in a serious role again or, you know, semi-serious role again and, you know, uh, going through the stress and the strife of you know, <laughs> of, of tracking down this gym and, 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 and trying to cover his debts and all of that stuff. It just didn't it didn't do it for me. It didn't pull me in. I wasn't in love. Oh, God, you know, Kevin Garnett's in the movie. He's just being Kevin Garnett, guys. Like, I get it. If, if you like KG or, or if you like you're a Celtics fan, uh, you know, it's cool to see them, you know, kind of cover that time, you know, that time period if I'm not mistaken like 2012 playoffs uh, yeah I get it like it, it, it's totally cool but it, for the rest of us or maybe it might have even been 2011 but for the rest of us okay it was fine but I would I would I would never watch it again yeah so really quickly I did appreciate the tension that they built up in that movie I thought that was well done mm-hmm. um, 
But but here's the thing. I got flame, flame for retweeting someone else who didn't like it. Yep. People were coming at me telling me I don't know anything about addiction and it was a great depiction of addiction. I'm going to okay. disagree on two fronts. One, I, I, I have been around addiction. Two, I did work in social work. Um, I've seen it. And I'm telling you from firsthand, people don't write articles about the drip you have um, when you have addiction. Uh, people don't write articles about what a badass you are. You don't have a scorching hot 10 out of 10 mistress in a separate apartment most of the time. You don't get to interact with Kevin Garnett and keep your job most of the time. I understand that like it led to his undoing and people were like, oh, it was such an honest look at addiction. I did not feel that. If you did, that's fine. We can agree to disagree. But once again, I thought it was Hollywood selling us a story with no redeemable characters, trying to make an anti-hero relatable and fun, and uh, e even through the darkest of times, and it was just not a vibe I dug at all. So, if, if we're being completely upfront, I didn't really pay attention to a lot of the talks surrounding it. You know, I, I would see people talking about it on a timeline. You know, prior to watching it, I would see people talking about it on a timeline, and I and I know they they really enjoyed it. I didn't recognize that that was the aspect of it that they enjoyed. Uh, maybe it's like kind of like the situation with the Joker. It just didn't touch me. You know what I mean? I, I get it. You know, like if if somebody loves something that that I you know that I thought was either terrible or mid or whatever the case may be, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, the, the the that struggle didn't reach out to me. Yeah, so Jabari gave it a fifty-five, and I gave it a fifty-nine. So neither of us liked it. And I, and I mean, we don't need to spend more much more time on it. But I just thought I did not take what other people took from it. I guess so. Yeah. There's there. There's that. Um, we both love Parasite though. So if you if you haven't watched both. And you're like, what movie should I watch from last year? Absolutely, Parasite, Skip on Code Gems. Anyway, um, before we get to Christopher Nolan, there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they are calling the final dance. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to, to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Um... So Jabari, we asked them to rate, rate, uh, sorry, rate mm -hmm. um, the <laughs> the ten Christopher Nolan movies, uh, and we did that kind of with Tenet, um, the the Tenet trailer coming out last week. So it's timely. Um, I completed. I'm a, I'm now a Nolan completionist. I had not seen Interstellar or Following until last week, um, nice. or this week really. I watched Interstellar literally yesterday. So. Um, let's let's do this. Uh, in number ten, they had following. Now, this is Nolan's first film. Um, there aren't any recognizable names, so it lacks star power of his other films. It was produced cheaply. Um, I read a little bit about it afterhand, and it was you know they, they had to sacrifice lights and they had to shoot it as cheap as possible. That being said, there's typical Nolan twists. There's typical Nolan dark portrayal. It's not a bad movie. Like, it, it's definitely worth a watch. It's just not great. I think I gave it a 62. Is it his train spotting compared to, you know, uh, you know uh, Snatch later on? You know, like how Guy Ritchie did that? Guy Ritchie did train spotting? If I'm not mistaken, he did. I didn't know that. I, I, I couldn't even get through train spotting. 
and it's, Snatch is like one of my favorite movies. So and what's yeah, and what's interesting about it is I you know I dug Train Spotting you know when it came out you know I was one I was in that group for sure. And then when Snatch came out, I was like, well, why did they even make this movie? Yeah. <laughs> And, and 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 you know what the listeners are pretty, you know, like if if I'm wrong on that you know of course they'll flame us on the timeline feel free to do that uh, but if I'm not mistaken guy you know guy Ritchie did Trainspotting then he did Snatch yeah and the the interesting thing with Snatch is like hipster Guy Ritchie fans pretend like it's not his best movie like they try really hard to tell you that they actually love Rock and Rolla or Lockstock more and while both of those movies are all right like Snatch is far like don't be hip Snatch is far and away the best movie. Snatch is phenomenal. Um, okay, so yeah, I, I had it at about 62. It was an all right movie. The listeners had it at a 64.4, coming in last place out of the 10. Jabari, what, what, where'd you have it? Well, remember, this is the one that I did not, that I wasn't able to catch. Um, oh, okay. I spent last week, you know, catching up. Obviously, I watched Interstellar because I hadn't seen that before. Uh, yeah, I, I watched three of them. I watched Dunkirk, as a matter of fact, last night, um, but I wasn't able to catch up on the following. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, so I, I think that this is going to be the one, and based on the results too, like obviously I told people to skip it if they hadn't watched it, less than half of the you know 400 people who voted on the poll or voted on the form hadn't, didn't fill this one out. So it was definitely the one most people haven't watched. But I, I mean, like go watch it if you haven't just so you can say, hey, I've watched all, all of Nolan's work because I think that's the one holding most people back. Yeah, I'm definitely so, going to. Yeah, because to be honest with you, the one thing that I recognize from this list after after going through it and, and re-watching some and watching some for the first time, Nolan doesn't miss. By the way, it was not Guy Ritchie with Transpotting. It was just that Transpotting was the weaker uh, uh, diet version of, of Snatch. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so in ninth place, in ninth place, Insomnia, which mm. is a, like, I just want to put this in perspective. A a quality. This isn't a bad movie. This is a quality movie mm-hmm. that stars Al Pacino and Robin Williams, and it is ninth place. Yeah, that that is a hell, hell of a body of work. That is a hell of a filmography, um, <laughs> to say the least. And not only that, Robin Williams is really at his best. You know, he dug deep. You know, kind of the you know, channel another disturbed character. And when I was kind of looking in the movie, I thought it was interesting. It, it came out the same exact year as One Hour Photo. Have you seen that One Hour Photo? Uh, no, I don't think I have. You definitely want to check that out. Um, another disturbing performance, no, you know, another really good performance, you know, from Robin Williams in that one as well. But in this one, you know, as you mentioned it, you've got Robin Williams going up against Al Pacino. Essentially, it's it's a you know not not necessarily a who done it, like it's a you know a cat and mouse you know a game of chase. Uh, it, it's really good. You know, the rest of the cast is pretty good as well. Um, I was surprised, uh, to be honest with you, I was surprised that IMDb had it as a seven point two out of ten. 72 like, out of 10? No, 7.2 out of 10. Like oh, Rotten, yeah, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes you know, gave it a 92, but uh, you know, IMDb obviously is a little bit more a little bit rougher on it. Yeah, it makes sure. It makes it makes sense. I I it's an older movie and it, I guess it's a bit of a slow build, but it's a, it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And it's actually shot I think it's shot in Alaska, right? If I remember this. It is. Yeah. yeah well, it, it, that's where it was set and I would yeah, it's pretty difficult. I can't imagine they they recreated the you know, that uh that terrain. So yeah, it probably was shot Shot up there. Yeah, I actually, I really enjoyed this film. I didn't see it when it came out. I want to say six, seven years ago I watched this movie, and I just found it mm. maybe on Netflix or somewhere, which is sometimes the best way to come into a movie you haven't heard anything about, but you're like, wait, Al Pacino and Robin Williams and Hilary Swank did a movie together, and I haven't seen this yet, and Christopher Nolan directed it, and it was it was a quality movie. Quickly, um, I, I, yes, I, I, I nerded out and looked this up for all of them. 
Uh, budget wise, budgeted for forty six million. Can you guess what it made domestically? Hundred. Hundred and fourteen. Nice. And this is back with, if I'm not mistaken, back in two thousand two. So two thousand two, yeah. Um, and so the I, I gave it a sixty nine. Um, so I, I'm with the audience so far. It, it is my ninth out of the ten too, but um, audience gave it seventy one point one. It's my eighth out of ten, and I gave it a seventy six. Okay. I really enjoyed it a lot more than than others. <laughs> um, coming in at number eight, the movie you stayed up late to watch, Dunkirk. Mm. Um. I talked a little bit about Dunkirk last week when we were talking about the Tenet uh, trailer, where I felt like Nolan tried to like outsmart himself with the multiple timelines and like he, you know, someone said on the Uncut Gems conversation to me like you know movies don't have to have redeemable characters. That's an opinion. For me, they do. Like mm-hmm. I, I need to to be invested in someone if I'm going to sit through two and a half hours. Like I I need to care about somebody in this movie, and Dunkirk. It, it, it tries too hard to be clever and sacrifices building up really the character of anyone in this movie. And I, 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 I enjoyed it. I thought it was shot beautifully. Um, it just it just didn't hit for me because I wasn't overly invested. Yeah, it's number six on my list. I'm, you know, now, again, I'm always one that warns against recency bias. I literally watched it last night. But I will state, like for like the first twenty minutes, you know, where there's dialogue, but it's really just like various sounds of war, uh, and it goes kind of at that frenetic pace, following the various paths, and you know, like as as you mentioned. Uh, then once it slows down, when they get on the water, to be honest with you, I expected the entire story to slow down. You know, um, and and in particular, the one scene that I was re- that I really appreciated was when they, when they first started going up that town, and I don't even remember the characters' names. And that actually is a testament to them not to, you know not them not actually building any of the characters out, um, or you know establishing them or distinguishing them. Um, but it was it's it, it's when they're on that small boat and they're kind of going through that channel and they're looking at you know they're going past that battleship and you've got all the soldiers lined up and you know kind of like knowing what their eventual fate was going to be like that was beautiful. So when it got to that point, I thought okay they're going to slow it down. They may you know, you know they may uh, you know you know do cut to some flashbacks or maybe even some flash forwards. Nope, just more action. So basically, for me, like if you love like those epically long battle scenes, you know, from you know, from Saving Private Ryan, or even the stuff like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, like those battle scenes that you know, to be honest with you, they don't even compare it because this is wall to wall action. Not a lot of you know, not a lot of substance in, in terms of like you know the characters, you know, de- you know, character development. But for me, this was more fun than and 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 action packed than an actual you know truly great movie. Yeah, and I I mean so. I, I gave it a seventy-eight. What did you end up giving it? I gave it an eighty. So obviously, I enjoyed it. So I'm not complaining, you know, about the action. I just, you know, th- this could have been a like a phenomenal movie had they taken a little bit more time. Yeah, I mean that's not bad. Like we're we're usually we're finding that I'm usually a little bit lower than you. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I felt like when the Dunkirk trailer dropped, um, I thought this was going to be mm-hmm. the next movie. Like I really did. Yeah. Like. Like, you know, you think sports are bad, but movies are bad. There's movies every year, like, this is going to be the next, uh-huh. <laughs> next, 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 and whatever. But, like, I did. Saving Private Ryan is the bar, and uh, I thought 1917 was the best movie I've seen since Saving Private Ryan in that, like, uh, period, 1900s, combat, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dunkirk didn't quite get there for me. But, you know, it's still a good movie. And the audience gave it a 77.6. So, first movie that the audience was actually lower on than us. Um so that was eight. Number seven, Memento. 
I will not. Uh, all if you've been listening, if you if you've caught up, if you listened to all our prior episodes, I've said over and over, we're gonna spoil things for you. It is what it is. I will not spoil Memento if you have not seen it, because it's just one of like the five or six movies mm-hmm. where the ending defines the whole movie, and you and it's it's almost not worth watching if you don't if you know. Yeah, it, it's like it's like spoiling the ending of Usual Suspects. Which, yeah, I, which we may have done on this show already, uh, and our, our bad if that's the case. But yeah, it, it it's one of those shows where one of those things where if, if you tell it, it really does. Yeah, if it, you it, haven't seen, if you listen to this podcast, and if you follow Jabari and I on Twitter for a long time, we've already spoiled Kaiser Soze for you. <laughs> like, like if you, I don't know what you're doing listening to a movie podcast, turn us off right now and just go watch Usual Suspects if you haven't done that. Already. You should. Yeah. You should. Uh, Put your coffee down, or you know, whatever. Drink, you know, drink your coffee, eat your eggs, watch a great movie. Okay, so here's here's my really quick thing. I think Memento is better on first watch than Inception. I think Guy Pierce yes, absolutely kills it. It might be the best job a leading actor does in a Nolan movie. That's that's Ooh. my kind of Memento hot take. I think he absolutely slays this role. No other character is vitally important in the whole movie, but. The combined writing twist and his performance really make this film. It's not a it's not a great rewatch because it's so built up on the twist. But mm-hmm. that first watch of Memento, and it might not be the same now. Like I mean, a, a movie that's twenty years old, it it might not hit the same if you watched it today. I don't know. But again, I watched it as a teenager, and it was like, wow. Yeah, and you know, in the interest of, of course, not giving anything away, I I, I quickly when you said that, I was like, oh no, I need to rebut this. Man, I, I went down the list, and while yes, there are other great performances, and 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 you know, all throughout all of his movies, you're probably right. You know, the, uh, Guy Pearce's character in that movie is the most pivotal. He's carrying it, but he's also supported by you know a, a great cast around him. Um, yeah, you know what? I want to fight you on that, but you're probably right. That, that it was phenomenal. Uh, I have seen it since the first time. I, I probably watched it again about ten years ago. You know, anytime you get in and out of relationships or in and out of you know even new, yeah, new yeah. Fr- even new friendship groups, you you have the standard things like oh wait you haven't seen that Memento is one of those. So uh, I, I think I'm due for another watch. I think I'm due for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, could, I, I would need I would need more time because I've already kind of relived it thinking about this, but. I need to watch it like 20 years from now again where you kind of forget what happens. <laughs> um, so, uh, the irony of that comment. Anyway, um, so the audience gave it 79.9, averaged out. I gave it an 83. I think I gave it an 80. It's interesting. Okay. We, we're all right in the same range. IMDb has it an 8.4 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 93. So, yeah. I, basically, everybody agrees it's a great movie. Yeah, it's a really it's a really good movie. I, I think that and The Prestige, which is still coming, are both undersold um, mm-hmm. in the Nolan film work catalog. Okay, number six, which this movie is way too high. Um, this movie is way too high. Uh, I had it at eight. It should probably be nine, to be honest. Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the final chapter in Nolan's Batman trilogy. Now, we've talked about this... What, five episodes this kind of came up where mm-hmm. everyone just kind of like lumps it into with Batman Begins and Dark Knight, but it's nowhere near the quality of either of those movies, um, despite a really solid performance from Tom Hardy and, you know, some memorable moments. It's too long. It's clunky. That The timeline of him being all over the world and dropped in the hole and come back. It, it just, <laughs> it's not as good as the other two movies. So I'll just say right off the top, I had it at a 66, 
which is actually the lowest I ranked any of these movies other than following. So yeah, it should have been ninth on my list. Um, audience gave it 80.2. It, it sounds about right, given you know, how we tend to grade things out. I had it as my ninth. <laughs> as I actually had it as my ninth. Uh, I gave it a 74. You know, as you, as you just alluded to, you know, I just I think I described it as like this trilogy's Godfather three. You know, a couple episodes ago. Uh, obviously, it's nowhere near as bad as that, you know, as that movie. But you know, like you, it just happens. To, you know, I agree. It just happens to be not as great as the other two. You know, if it were a standalone, I would give it a strong seven point five, maybe eight. You know, like out of ten, because it, you know, it's it's a good movie. Uh, Bane was a great character. You know, Tom Hardy was you know was, was nice in the role. Uh, and you know, I'm someone that loves a backstory, so you know, I appreciated the you know the kind of the fake out with the kid finally escaping. Like I 100% thought that was Bane as the kid, you know. And then when they when they when it wound up being Tal, you know, was it is it Talia or Talia? I think it's Talia. Uh, when it wound up being Talia, I was like, okay, that that was a nice little reveal. That was a nice little twist. Um, especially you know, and I don't want to give that away, especially with you know with how it is you know, how it does come to light. <laughs> uh, but you're, you're right, it, it doesn't compare to the other two, and it's just unfortunate that it doesn't. Well, okay, so here's the thing. <clears throat> Marion Cotillard, 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 I don't mm-hmm. know how to say it. Um, she's the bad guy. There it is. Spoiler. Bah. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> but here, this is what I didn't like, man. And again, everything is really, it is a lot of these rankings are based on like how you perceived it at the time and what the mm-hmm. reception was. Sort of plays into it. So when they decided that Bane was going to be the villain in the third and final Batman movie, a lot of people were upset. They were like, oh, Bane sucks. Like, who who cares about this muscled up dickhead running around <laughs> punching Batman? Like, this is going to be lame as hell. And then, like, comic nerds were like, no, you don't even know. Bane is actually so smart. You be, People don't even know that. They think, you know, the Tim Burton Batman ruined it. Like, Bane is actually so good. He's the best villain. And I was like, and I mean, I'm in the middle of those two. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, Tom Hardy was cast, and you're like, okay, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. And then they almost undermined it. Like, if he's so smart, like, why is he marrying Cotillard's lackey? Like, why are we back to the daughter of Raz al Ghul? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I just didn't think that either. I could see why he would have been. I mean, they did put, they did kind of tie it together in the sense of, you know, Raz al Ghul's the one that came and saved him after, you know, after she escaped and, you know, and found him. Uh, you know, he ended up, you know, uh, you know, jo- you know joining was League of Shadows. Or if if that's not what it is, sorry, comic book nerds, but Raz al Ghul's men, uh, you know, and 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 kind of like you know, you know, worked underneath him. So I get that there would be that loyalty. Yeah. So. Um, the most memorable movie from this moment by a mile is when Tom Hardy puts his hand on the shoulder. Do you feel in charge? <laughs> that, that, that yeah. alone yeah. Is, makes the movie worth watching. It's just not as good as the other ones. So, yeah. I think Can you guess what little, the budget I, was on this one? Sorry? Can you guess what the budget was on this movie? I, I was astounded. Like 80 I, mil? $250 million budget. Wow. Jeez. Made almost $1.1 billion, so I, I guess they got a return. But yeah. Yeah, that's all right. They knew what they were doing, apparently. Mm-hmm. Not not like anyone who's ever hired Johnny Depp in the last ten years. Oh uh, shit! <laughs> has he made a winner? Has he made a financial winner in this decade? I don't know. I um, yeah yeah. I'm, I was going to take sorry, that Johnny. one further, but I, I, I stopped myself on a Kobe joke there. So no, proud of myself. It. Don't growth, do it. Personal growth. <laughs> um, okay, so number five, and this is sad because this is my number one. Batman Begins. Interesting. Bat- Batman Begins, okay, and, and again, nostalgia plays. I went to this movie with my, like, my mom, brother, and sister were out of town. My dad and I went to this movie, just the two of us. We had, like, that daddy-son date when I was, like, a kid. Oh, and okay. I loved this movie. And I loved, like, 
the the feeling like I was just so happy going to do this movie and that has bled into my opinion of this movie and I know it because everyone's told me Dark Knight's better but like I can just not see it like Batman Begins is the best Nolan movie to me so I give it an 89 yeah okay this is the very first movie that we've ever done where you were significantly higher than me in fact I, I don't know that you've even rate, ranked the movie higher than I have um, I, you know it's my number four I gave it an 81 which is obviously you know means I, I love it as well uh, again I love an origin story you know I felt like Nolan you know got it absolutely right with the setup um, you know, for you know, whether it was the showing the flashes of his childhood, the friendship with Rachel Dawes. Speaking of which, played by Katie Holmes in this one, how did you feel about the swap with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal? That is part of the reason why. Well, I mean, the fact that it's the only movie I'm significantly higher than you probably tells how compromised I am emotionally on this one. Ah. But, but uh, that is one of the reasons. I didn't think Dark Knight... It bothered the hell out of me mm-hmm. that Katie Holmes was replaced with Maggie Gyllenhaal. They look nothing alike. And no. Maggie Gyllenhaal, like, just bugged me. That whole movie. Every time she talked. It wasn't her fault. I'm sorry, Maggie. She just it's wasn't Katie. Katie. It's just... It's just the fact that, like, every time she opened her mouth, I was like, you shouldn't be here. Like, just piss me off, man. I, the reason why I asked that question is because I thought... I was like, I bet that pissed him off. I bet oh, it did. Yeah. To, me, me. to me, because I like I like Maggie as an actress, it didn't bother me. It, But it stood out. So, like, I get what, you know, what you're saying. Like, every time she spoke, every time... Because it just... It, it was it it was noticeable. It was like, okay, like, that's... You know, she doesn't look like her, but know what? That's cool. It's a comic book movie. You know, what's interesting about... Uh, interesting enough, and I and I know... And I think I think you pronounce it Killian, not Cillian... Uh, is it Killian Murphy? Uh, oh, I thought it was Cillian Murphy. Oh, is, is it Cillian? Damn it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Damn it. I even, I, look, I even tried to look it up. Okay, so anyhow. <laughs> um, <laughs> the listeners are like, God damn. As I'm typing away trying to get clarification as you talk, go, go, go. No worries, no worries. So even though he had been in stuff prior to that, that Batman Begins was my introduction to him. And I'm going to be honest with you. He's And it's funny to say he's one of my favorite actors and you don't know how to say his name. Okay, it happens. It is Killian. Uh, you're right. You okay, so, oh, okay, good, good, good. I, I feel justified. I feel vindicated. Anyhow, yeah, he's one of my favorite actors right now. It's one of the reasons why, even though I've tried with Peaky, Peaky Blinders several times and it just so happens that I'm, I'm catching it at the wrong time or late at, late at night, I'm still going to circle back and check it out. Oh, Peaky Blinders is, is awesome. So good. So good. It, it's like probably a top 10 show ever for me. It's going to finish in that rate. Also, just on the two quick notes on this, and then we'll move to the next movie. One, on the changing of an actor thing, um, the actor who played Spartacus in Spartacus passed away after the first season and they had to recast. Mm. And that was tough to get over. But if that doesn't happen, Spartacus is talked about as one of the top 10 TV shows. Spartacus is awesome. It's better than Sons of Anarchy if you're into like a violent action, masculine drama it was so good um but unfortunately i think that recast really hurt them and the other thing with batman begins is like it's really hard i'm i'm all about origin stories and when we released when we released the movie list i i was looking at like all the marvels and all the trilogies that we've ranked so far and it's pretty rare i have number two or number three over number one there's something about like the struggle to get to mm-hmm. you know us wanting two more movies about this character that really pulls me in I'll I'll, yeah, I'll get to my Dark Knight analysis when we get to it, but I, I see where you're coming from. It's you know for this case in particular, it's different for me just because of how much I loved it. I love the Dark Knight the way that you love uh, Batman Begins. Fair enough. Um, so that was number five. The audience gave it eighty one point five, and that's far and away the furthest the audience and I have been yet. I'm eight higher than them at eighty nine. And sorry, what'd you give it one more time? Eighty one. Eighty one. So you're right there with the audience again. Yeah. Um, Number four, Interstellar. Um, the audience gave Interstellar an 
uh, just slightly above Batman Begins coming at number four. I watched Interstellar yesterday, just like you watched Dunkirk yesterday. Um, why don't you hit, hit us off on Interstellar? So I absolutely love the concept. I get, you know, like, I'm, I'm, it's funny, I'm right there with the audience. I gave it an 83. Um, I love the setup, you know, even though, like, I'll be honest with you, Nolan just sped right, you know, sped, sped things right along with, you know, with that buildup, you know, basically to get them out to space, you know, like, I, I'm not complaining about that. Um, and, you know, given, you know, you're given my standard, you know, my chief note with a lot of movies these days. They might have been able to trim about 20 minutes you know, off of that third act, but you know, I'm actually not going to complain too much since I did eventually love the movie. I thought the first hour, I loved, I loved the concept. I loved the Save the World bit. Mm-hmm. I liked that it wasn't Ad Astra and we had like this solo performance. Like, I liked that there were other characters in the movie to play off. Um, it felt long. We talked about I mean, it felt long. And I'm still, like, I understand it was there were, like, people out there who were kind of guiding him, and he was kind of guiding his daughter. I still don't understand how he shows up at, like, the Area 51 equivalent. They're like, we can't tell you anything else unless you, this wash pilot who's yeah. been farming for the last 20 years, agrees to be our pilot. Like, <laughs> I was just like, and even he says, it, he's like, you were going to go without me up until just now. And they're it, like, yeah, it's a sign. I'm like, oh, God. I appreciate that they at least snuck that line in there because exactly it's like okay he just happened to find this place you first of all if if he were an option okay and again I, I just stated I'm not going to complain about it but if he were an option why wouldn't they have recruited him a long time before they, it's not like they didn't know where he was or of he lit- of, ex, of his exploits he lives a half hour from the fucking facility and they yeah. didn't even look him up to be like to come consult but then they're going to let him be the pilot. He Are you lives, fucking kidding me? He, he lives a half hour from it and is is roaming around it all the time, like, <laughs> exploring around it all the time. Yeah, no, like that. Give me that a in itself. Break. He he basically just pressed. He's like, yeah, fast forward, fast forward. Okay, we're in space. How we doing? <laughs> I'm trying to think the other um, the other thing that bugged me, and I actually looked this up. It bugged me so much, and I forget his name. The fourth member of the crew. Um, so Romilly was like the super smart black mm-hmm. dude who yeah. had to do 23 years alone, uh-huh. which is like, we should have talked about that more. How is that guy still chilling after 23 years? Just yeah, like, he's just good. cool as a cucumber. He's just good. <laughs> like, they just kind of skipped over that too. He's like, they're like, how long were we down there? He's like, 23 hours or 23 years, nine hours, nine days, four hours. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, wow. And then the, like Matthew McConaughey just goes to watch his messages. Uh uh, Anne Hathaway just walks away. I'm like, nobody wants to like pat my man Romley in the back and ask how 23 years alone were on the aluminum ship that he was already freaking out about before he left. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, he just like, skipped over that. And his mind wouldn't have been completely gone. You're like, you're just think about it like this. He didn't just tell you it was 23 years. He gave you the breakdown of <laughs> days, months, hours. He he clearly had been obsessing about that. But you know, so that, yeah. That, that, there were three things that bugged me. There were the, the fact they just skipped over that massive detail. Mm-hmm. There was the whole like, hey, we're not even going to bring you to like ask what you think about our spaceship when you live as our neighbor, but we'll <laughs> let you fly it. And then there was the the fourth guy on the crew, and I forget his name. Um, do you remember his name? I don't. I, 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 you, I know, you know the guy you're says, referring to. Yeah. So it's it's Romilly's Anne Hathaway, and it, it's McConaughey's the other guy. And like when he's screaming for Anne Hathaway, he tells the robot to get her. He's literally standing at the door of the ship. Uh-huh. Why couldn't you just stand in the ship and yell, man? Like, why, what the fuck? 
because like, they had have- they had to have some sort of sacrifice, and and I get it, you know, but but yeah, they they had to make it so that that mission, uh, you know, there was an actual there was actual loss from it. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, but I, he could have he could have like man could have killed him later too. Could have. He and here's the other thing that doesn't add up, right? Like, so man was on that planet like seven years, I think, mm-hmm. and he's gone completely batshit. Like, he was like the uh-huh. best of them. <laughs> he was the best of them, but then he like lied about his planet just so he could get rescued. But my man, my man Romilly, 23 years, just sane as can be, just solid, like three times the amount alone on a ship. He couldn't even walk around a planet. And he's just like completely bonkers, no fresh air, nothing. There, and he's good. But man, seven years on a planet, it's got fresh air. No. Nah. There, there are some parallels there, and there are jokes to be made that I'm, yeah. not, I'm not going to make, especially given how we led into the show. But yeah, <laughs> not much and, not much care and concern from a man. <laughs> oh, and I lied. There's a fourth thing that bugged me. And again, I, I gave it a 74, so I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. It was a beautifully, beautiful. I've said this a few times. Nolan does beautiful movies. But yeah, it, it was a fantastically shot movie. There were some scenes in that movie where just breathtaking but um there were just the four things that are clunky i'm like the writing should be better and i think it's like him and his brother write all these yeah, movies so like, yeah come on man like figure out these things the fourth one was so at the end he wakes <laughs> up and he gets to like go to a model of his house uh-huh. he gets to go to like the museum version of his house he visits his daughter for two minutes then he bounces because she's got <laughs> her own family which i can kind of understand but i'm like no. You spent your whole life no, no, torn no, no, up no. apart. There's, there's no and way. And only two him. minutes. Yeah, come on. <laughs> and then, and then that's even the most ridiculous part. He just like hops in a spaceship to go find Anne Hathaway. Like the government, this new government's just like, yeah, yeah, Cooper, your old rovers <laughs> in the garage round back. Like, take it out into space, brah. Like, no one. There's no. There's no landing team. There's no like new NASA. There's no one being like, you know what? You've been like asleep in a spaceship for a hundred years. Like maybe just kick it on earth and do some vitals before you like it just there was a few points in that movie that are just dumb like they just so, didn't think those through so as we we're sitting here talking about it, i was like oh damn now now negative ass joss has me thinking <laughs> negatively about, about this movie no so, so here's the deal what what this pointed out to me was back in the day there were all types of holes like like if you go back and you watch like 80s and 90s films we could have a field day breaking down why they're you know why they're just terrible why they're sad and the other and I would still I would still say you know what but I love them you know what I'm saying they have they have a special place for me with this one um, while yes all of your complaints are valid um, and and I'm laughing at as you're going through them because it's like okay I noticed that it still left me with and, and we've kind of talked about this last week if I'm not mistaken it still left me with that feel good feeling so I, I guess I was able to look past some of this stuff or not you know not dwell on it as much as I normally would but yeah you know you're 100% right all of those things are accurate you know beyond the fact that you can't just you know like okay like tomorrow I'm going to go into space you have to physically prepare your body to do that that's not something but again uh, essentially the, the Nolan brothers are saying okay let's suspend the, you know like like some of the senses of reality and just go with, you know, go with the beautifully shot, you know, action film. So I get it. But like, they, they want to be the smartest guys in the room. And I said that, like, I, that's their vibe. They want to mm-hmm. be the smartest people ever when they make these movies. And the, like really smart people, like I'm of average intelligence, mm-hmm. like really smart people were like nitpicking their like time theory. I'm like, I'm not, you know, whatever. You, mm-hmm. I see what you did with the hole in the paper. I respect it. It works. I'll, I'll go with it. I, I have no idea. Um, the whole scene were like, Man and Romilly are talking in like this ship about uh, the oyster and time and mm-hmm. like the horizon, relativity, and humanity. I was just like fucking 
SpongeBob, like just like potato <laughs> up top, like, yeah. like oh yeah, okay, yeah. Important I, things are being discussed. Is the point here? Uh, it, that, that's a great way to say it because that's how I, you know, that, that's kind of how I am and stuff like that. It's like okay, I, this this sounds smart. All right, cool. But it's like <laughs> you're, you're smart enough to write up that conversation and, and come up with all this time stuff. Like fix those six things I complained about because they're all stupid and they were easily things you could have written in better. Anyway, part of moving you know, on. But quickly on that, part of me always wonders. Anytime it, you know, there's things like that, I always wonder: is it was it a matter of having to kind of like move the story along? You know, what, you know did they have too much and they you know they cut stuff out that w- that would have helped? Because you know, we do know that that does take place. You don't necessarily expect it to be the case with a you know a huge guy like a, you know. Like uh, Christopher Nolan, but I always wonder that. Um, so yeah, I mean, just for time, we gotta go on. But we could spend longer good. on Interstellar. You're good. We both You're good. watched it. This. Um, number three uh, was Inception, which is another one that like I'm not as high. This is the one I think I'm the lowest compared to the audience. I gave it a 75. The audience gave it. Um, the audience. Why can I not find it? Oh, the audience gave it an 86.1. It's Ooh. their third highest movie really like Inception. People love this movie, like love this movie. They do the thing where they pretend their mind was blown. Maybe it was. Um, <laughs> I just like the nerd, like they. you have this inconclusive ending and the director does it on purpose so that you can like discuss it mm-hmm. and have fun. And then people want to like die over what was, like that there was a right answer. I'm like, no, the whole point is there isn't a right answer. But anyways, they, they're out of the dream, so. So they were at 86, you had, you gave it a what? 75. You give it 75. I gave it a 77. We're, we're on the same page. It's funny. IMDb has it an 8.8 out of 10. Rotten, 87. This is one I look, I'll be straight up. I only saw it the one time. The original time, saw it in the theater, even though I owned a copy of it at one point, and I probably still do. It's in a box somewhere. Uh, I do remember kind of wondering if it was still a dream at the end, or, you know, if, and I even went down, the, you know, the rabbit hole of reading up on it and saw the different back and forth, saw that there wasn't necessarily a consensus. But truth be told, uh, maybe this, you know, maybe this one went over my head. And I, I'm not saying that I couldn't understand it conceptually, but meaning like, uh, you know, the, the big reveal wasn't all that big to me. So I just, you know, to me, it's a, it's a cool movie. Uh, it's probably a, you know, another one of those ones where I might watch it once or twice more just to kind of like say like, okay, did I miss something? Did everybody else catch something that I didn't catch? Uh, but it's not one that's calling out to me. So the idea actually worked for me. Like I was into the concept of this movie. Mm-hmm. I dug the whole like implanting dream secret company Um I, I thought they had a great idea. However, how it was shot with like in the, within the dream, within the dream, within the dream, mm-hmm. got really dull. And the way that like the, the setting kept changing, like from a visual perspective, like the hotel to the street to the like um, snow fortress thing, it just felt like too much of like a bad. It was like the GameCube version of James Bond, if you remember it, where like every level they're in a different part of the world. And yeah. it's like a really juicy back like and forth. Yeah. capture the flag set up and I was just like it just it wasn't I don't know I just it didn't and the thing too is um, in 2010 Shutter Island also came out mm-hmm. both were Leo movies and Inception got all of the hype but I feel like Shutter Island is a way better first watch Shutter Island is a better movie, um, and you know, and funny enough, I've watched that probably three or four times. Even though you, you know, once you watch it, not giving anything away, you don't necessarily need to go back and watch it. You know, maybe once to in order to you know, catch stuff. But everybody here knows I am a Leo Stan, and uh, anything that he's in, I'll watch. I was just I, I was way more invested in the character Leo was in Shutter Island too. It just it was it, 
I don't know. In that movie, uh, I don't know. It, it, it called for more investment in the character. And again, like people at home might be like, "You idiot." The whole point is that the character is not redeeming. And, like, I just, like, I don't get that argument, so maybe someone can explain that to me. But, like, I'm watching the movie to see what happens to the character. And if I don't care about any of the characters, it, like, it's tough to be invested in the movie, man. Well, you know, um, what, it, you know what it is. It's as simple as, you know, some people go to the movies just to be entertained. Some people go, you know, you, you know because they just like the experience. You, you in particular, you like having redeemable characters. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, sorry. I got enough bad news on social media. I just want to see something pure in my movies, all right? Uh, <laughs> Okay, number two, Dark Knight. Dark Knight was 90.6. I am surprised because when this, the first 150 voters on this, this was far and away number one. Mm-hmm. And then there was a hell of a push the second half of the ballot for Prestige. I know why. Yep. You know why? Well, on, on when we started to discuss it online, that's when the Prestige fans really came out. And you know how things go. Like, if everybody's talking about it and saying, like, no, Prestige is the most underrated, Prestige is the most underrated. And then you think about it, and you didn't, or maybe you even rewatch it like I did, and you're like, God dang, that really was an incredible movie. Now, it's still number two for me, uh, but I, I can totally see why, uh, you know, why this got, why it got propped up. Um, but let's let's do let's do Dark Knight first. Of course, it came second. It is what it is. I gave a, so I gave Begins eighty nine. I gave Dark Knight eighty eight. Um, it's a great movie. We already talked about Maggie Gyllenhaal. Drives me up the wall. It is a little bit. I I thought it was a little bit too long, as well. Um, on the two the two face turn could have gone a little quicker. But um, on a whole, very very good movie. Man, I, it's legitimately one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, you know, beyond being, you know, for me, the perfect comic book action film, Ledger's Joker, you know, it's the best I've ever seen. Um, and this is coming from someone that wanted, I, you know, I want to be able to say that Jack is the best. No, Ledger's Joker is far and away the best I've ever seen. Bale was incredible, continue, obviously continuing as Batman. Uh, look, no joke, you know, this movie had you know, incredible performances across the board. So for me, um, yeah, I am biased. You know, I, I didn't even mind how long the, you know, the, the, you know, Aaron Eckhart is Two-Face and, you know, how that played out. You know, they could have, ex- this is one of the movies, so you know how we're, we're normally on the opposite end of things? If they made this movie four hours, I'd be like, yep, give it to me right now. I'm, I'm here for it. See, and like Aaron Eckhart killed it. Like he, his character was, like Two-Face was, Harvey Dent was so well done. It was just the pacing was kind of slow mm, after, okay. after Joker. But I agree. Like, I don't disagree with anything he said. He was the best Joker it was a great movie. It was well done. Um, there's so many classic moments in that movie, but like <laughs> tryout, tryouts is the one that always comes to mind. Um, <laughs> but but I just I, I feel like it just didn't connect with me in the same way Batman Begins, and maybe it's because of like all the other stuff I mentioned before. But I love I love the boat too. I always mm-hmm. think about the boat scenario where like the prisoners are on one side and the people are on one mm-hmm. side, and what's like oh man they what would have blown each other. They both would have blown each other up so fast in real life. And Easily. It's sad to think about it. Yeah. Without question. <laughs> With the, the, there's no like, oh, let's do the honorable thing and all of us die. No. <laughs> the real, like the, the quickest of anecdotes here. Did I ever tell you like the college would you kill someone story? No. Okay. On, on my undergrad, uh, I don't know, one of my journalism classes, there was a group of guys and a conversation started about like journalism ethics and somehow they got from one place to another. One dude was like, oh, yeah, I... I kill someone for a million dollars another dude's like well, if, if I would never get caught if, the, if you could promise me I'd never get caught I'd kill someone for ten thousand dollars Jesus like, ten thousand dollars 
And we ended up doing like we did like a uh, a school like a university poll through like their social media thing, mm-hmm. and it was like. I don't know, 6,000 people voted, and like 37% of people said they'd kill you for $10,000 if, if no one could find out. So, I, you know, from what I gather from that, y'all are some murderous MFs up there in Canada. Okay, good to know. Good. Yeah, it's a good thing we don't have guns, man. <laughs> yeah, <Right>? really. <laughs> but um, no, but I just think about the stupid boats, and I'm like, I think about that moment and how, like, I was so disturbed by it. And I was like, oh, man, like, if, the, if their life was on the line, like what? Seven out of ten people are pushing that button. Um, Josh, I think you're. I, 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 it, if it's not ten out of ten, it's nine out of ten. There's no way I push. The, I would never push it. I, I appreciate that you would. I appreciate that you wouldn't. You'd be that. What you'd be the one. And you know what I would say? I love you, man. And I'd wave yeah. to you. And, yeah. I, and, and I'd let you go just like Rose let Jack go. <laughs> you, you'd call. You'd push that button. You'd mourn for a respectable three to five days. Then oh, you'd call uh, Justin Rowan and ask if he wanted to. Help host. Yeah, you know, stuff. honestly, I'd pour out some liquor. I, I don't know what you know, what you guys drink up there. Um, I'd pour, I'd pour some out. I'd even eat some poutine, and I'd, I'd really feel bad. I'd really, I'd really feel terribly about that. But yes, Justin would get that call, like, "Yo, Joe, Justin, what's up? Does he want to talk about something other than the than the shitty calves? Huh? No." <laughs> oh, <laughs> Colin Sexton ain't good. All right, he's um, not. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> prestige number one. Um, I had an 88, so I had it the same as Dark Knight. I went okay. back and forth between these two. Mm-hmm. The Prestige is so good, man. Yeah. Like, uh, the, like, sometimes the narration in a movie kind of throws off. No. Sometimes, like, they go too hard on the twist. No. Sometimes there's, like, an over-actor and under-actor. Like, Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale kill it. Yeah. Like, it's it's so good, man. Man. The cast in general, it's not just Hugh Jackman. First of all, you got David Bowie playing Nikola Tesla. You got Scarlett, jo- Scarlett Johansson in there. They even snuck Andy Serkis in there. Like, this cast, top to bottom, is incredible. Absolutely. Everybody nails it. The thing of it is, is okay, so like this, yeah, while there's action in it, yeah, it it's it's a you know it's a story about you know uh, competing you know magicians. So it's not going to be like you know huge explosions or anything of that nature. They just keep it going. You know, like I said, everybody you know nails their part, nails their role. Um, and to be honest with you, it might be the best written. Of, you know, like, you know, you just said, like, uh, the Nolan brothers, they like to be the smartest person in the room. They like, to, for me, the twists in this are the best. And, 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 and top to bottom, it's probably the best written film that I, that, of his. I don't know if the twist outdoes Memento's final twist, but there's nothing to really pick on in this movie. Mm-hmm. I've watched Prestige probably four or five times, and I've never watched Memento a second time, too, which also tells you something about, like, the one-upmanship of, of Jackman and Bale throughout mm-hmm. the movie. And, and and actually, Michael Caine is great in this movie, too. Yes. But it adds, it adds something to it. Like, it gives it... Having rewatch value does matter. And I think with mm-hmm. Dark Knight and Batman Begins, too, that's, that's part of why they're higher for me, too. It's just, like, being able to watch the movie and not having it be reliant on one big turn um, or The Prestige is, is big. Here, this is a great movie. Here, if you haven't seen The Prestige... You, you should definitely watch it. It, it is a fantastic movie. Yeah, and, and it's, there's a reason why, even though you know Dark Knight's one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's very much the you know, the best of his for me. I have no problem whatsoever with you know Prestige making that big of a you know big of a jump and actually uh, taking the, you know taking this group. Here's a question I have for you: Do you think there's any chance that uh, the twin kills one of the clones rather than the real Jackman character? It's possible. It's possible. I've seen a, a bunch of fan theories on that too. Yeah. But 
Yeah. It, reason why I ask that is because if, if I'm not, of course, you know, I went down the rabbit hole when I, you know, when I rewatched it, and I was looking up all the different, fan, you know, fan theories as well. But if I'm not mistaken, you know, isn't it? Didn't they uh, establish that a clone ended up, you know, going back to live with his family, you know, like and kind of live, you know, live out the life as a lord? I, man, I haven't seen it in a couple of years now. I have to think about it. Got it, got it. And, 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 I, and you know what? This could have been a 2 a.m. rabbit hole that I was I was just seeing things cross-eyed. So any listeners out there, hit us up on Twitter you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. But if I'm not mistaken, I think he did send a clone in order to live with his family so he didn't have to you know do that anymore. I don't know. It's it's just a fun – you know, a lot of those fan theories are, are fun. You know, Some of them are totally out of nowhere and, and maybe a little bit crazy. But uh, more than anything – you know, well, not more than anything. One of the marks of a great movie is if you know, like you know, if it inspires continued conversation after the fact. And this is one of those movies where you know, as as we noted, you know, like on Twitter, you you you, you, you we could have you know, we could have an ongoing you know, a running conversation about all Christopher Nolan you know, uh, you know movies, but in particular, the Prestige for you know a good week if we if we wanted to. And so I'll just I'll just recap to end this off here. Mm-hmm. Um, at number one, you had the Prestige at ninety one point six. At number two, you had Dark Knight at ninety point six. Number three, you had Inception at eighty six point one. Number four, you had Interstellar at eighty two point one. And number five, they had Batman Begins at eighty one point five. So that's that's gonna do it. Um, I'm not sure who we're gonna do next. We're kind of debating that. So we, we we'll tease that on the timeline. We'll get something else out for you to vote on next week. Hopefully we'll have some big NBA news as well. I kind of feel like following the meeting tomorrow we'll, we'll get something. But once once again, if you haven't, please like, rate, subscribe, review, send us a shout on Twitter. Uh, your support is very much appreciated. That's gonna do it for us, and we'll see you Monday morning.